It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Standard. The countdown is on 100 days until the London mayoral election. The current mayor of London, Labour's Sadiq Khan, and the Conservatives' Susan Hall are the frontrunners of the race. And they, along with the other candidates, are currently hard at work fine-tuning their manifestos. Due to be published in the coming weeks, they're expected to contain big pledges around key issues for Londoners, such as tackling crime, building homes, as well as greener and more affordable transport. In fact, just last week, we got a bit of a glimpse of the type of thing we can expect from Sadiq Khan when he announced a Transport for London fare freeze until 2025. In March 2025, you'll be paying the same fares as you paid in March 2023. That's the difference my policies make. But with Election Day fast approaching on the 2nd of May, is it all still to play for? I'm now joined by Ross Lydell, the Standard City Hall editor and transport editor. Ross, 100 days until the London mayoral election. How crucial is this time now for the candidates? Well, this is almost like the uh, the warm-up lap. You know, the candidates are now on the field, on the racetrack, and they're probably having a little 100 metres sprint to and fro before the marathon really starts. So it's not the most crucial period. It's quite an interesting date in terms of the number, obviously. You know, the, the ball has started rolling. Election day is approaching. May the 2nd will come very quickly, but we'll get more detail about what both main candidates and their many rivals are proposing over the coming weeks and months. Give our listeners a bit of an overview of the main London mayoral candidates for the 2024 election. So the main two candidates are Sadiq Khan, who is currently the Labour mayor and who is bidding for a record third term. No other mayor has served three terms. Ken Livingston served two, as did Boris Johnson. So if Sadiq achieves victory in May, he will be making history. His main rival is Susan Hall, who is the Tory candidate. She's currently a London Assembly member, was previously uh, briefly the leader of Harrow Council and is sort of quite well known as perhaps a sort of slightly more right-wing or old-fashioned Tory. For the Lib Dems, you have Rob Blackie. For the Green Party, you have Zoe Garbutt. And then there are a number of other sort of fringe candidates and even a sort of joke candidate, uh, Count Binface, uh, who actually did pretty well last time round. He came 8th or ninth. I I seem to recall, back in 2021, getting around 20 to 25,000 votes. So for Londoners wanting to uh, make something of a protest, perhaps not liking the main party candidates, uh, Count Binface is amongst the other alternatives. 
And is the London mayoral race essentially a two-horse race between Labour and the Conservatives? It probably is a two-horse race, if we're honest about it. You know, the Greens and the Lib Dems won't like me saying that. And the Greens, to be fair to them, have come third for the last, I think, three mayoral elections. So the Greens are better placed arguably, to be the main contender. If there's going to be three horses in this race, then it's probably the Greens as well as the Tories that are challenging Sadiq on his Labour horse. Uh, the Lib Dems lost their deposit last time. So if we're talking about a two or three horse race, sadly, that may be the case. The Lib Dems are saddled up to a pony rather than a racehorse. But the other thing to bear in mind here is that the voting system has changed and that does make it much more of a two horse race. Whereas previously, voters had two votes to deal with. The first choice and a second choice, which essentially allowed a candidate further down the field to then do well in the second round should they come second. Uh, This time round, everybody just gets one vote. It's old-fashioned, traditional, first-past-the-post, and the impact of that at City Hall will be just as it is at Westminster. Essentially, there'll be two main parties, Labour and Tory. And the front page of The Standard today actually reflects that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the front page story that you worked on? So uh, our cartoonist Christian Adams has decided to portray uh, the current state of the battle as two gladiators taking uh, one another on. We've got Susan Hall on one side, Sadiq Khan on the other. Obviously, this is picking up on the success of the return of gladiators to primetime telly on a Saturday night. And uh, Christian has described uh, Susan Hall as Wolf Hall. She's got a sort of pugil stick ready to knock Sadiq off his post. And uh, Christian has drawn Sadiq as the carnivore. Obviously, in gladiators, all the main sort of professional fighters, if you like, have. Uh, dramatic names. Uh, You know, we could have said possibly Susan Hall after her uh, rather tricky uh, appearance yesterday on LBC radio when she got something of a pummeling uh, may have been a bit sort of snoozy Susie with some of the key facts that we can talk about. Uh, Sadiq, you know, we could say he's the real political animal. Hopefully the race will be as exciting as this sort of cartoon gladiatorial battle is uh, hinting. We're already seeing the race sort of heat up a little bit. Sadiq Khan announced last week that he's freezing TFL fares until 2025. Is that an election winning pledge? It's uh, slightly sneaky. It's not exactly as it appears on the tin. Because while Sadiq is freezing fares, as in TFL fares, namely a tube and bus fares... He's essentially freezing single fares. But what he's not doing is freezing the cap on these pay-as-you-go fares. So, for example, if you make multiple journeys a day, as many Londoners will do, they won't just simply come into work and go home from work. Then normally the cap would say be around £11.80, depending on which zones you're travelling in. Now, that cap will increase by around 5%. So if you make multiple journeys, you will actually pay more Uh, from March than you do just now. Similarly, if you use a travel card, whether it's a daily, weekly or monthly travel card, rather than a pay-as-you-go fare, and this is often the case with people who use the train before they get on a bus or the tube, then the travel card fares are also going up around 5%. That's partly because the government has put train fares up so the mayor can't stop that happening. But the reality of this is that, yes, many Londoners will enjoy the same fares as they currently pay, but for those who make several journeys a day, then they will actually see more money coming out of their bank account. As you mentioned briefly just before, Susan Hall had an eventful interview with LBC recently. Just explain exactly what happened there. 
So Susan Hall was at LBC yesterday. Uh, the host, Nick Ferrari, had lined up a few tricky questions for her to put her on the spot, essentially to see what she knows about London life. Amongst the questions were, how much is a bus fare? Who owns Hammersmith Bridge? And how much does a police officer earn? And unfortunately for Susan, she came rather unstuck here. She didn't know how much a bus fare was. The answer is £1.75, and this is going unchanged under Sadiq's fare freeze. It did rise by 10 pence last year, but it's going to stay at £1.75 for the next year. Nor did Susan know how much a police officer earns as a sort of basic salary, and that's around £37,000. Although, to be fair to her, she said sort of mid-30s, but she did also say that she believed the total cost of hiring a new police officer was around £60,000 once the sort of on costs or the costs to the employer are included and nor did she know who owns Hammersmith Bridge and that is Hammersmith and Fulham Council. She seemed to think that uh, she mentioned two councils seemed to suggest it would be both Hammersmith and Fulham and Richmond Council which owns the sort of land or is responsible for the land on the south side of the river. So perhaps not unreasonable there, but uh, she didn't know the actuality as um, would have been uh, referred to in by previous politicians and uh, but what was interesting today was that um, my colleague Noah Vickers asked Sadiq about Susan not knowing how much it costs for a bus fare. And Sadiq chose not to metaphorically throw her under the bus. He said these kind of sort of pub quiz questions are not a fair way to assess the qualities of a mayoral candidate, which may suggest that Sadiq doesn't fancy uh, facing similar questions himself. The other thing, of course, to bear in mind is it's entirely likely the reason Susan doesn't know how much a bus fare is is because she uses a freedom pass. All Londoners over the age of 60 are entitled to free travel of some sort, whether it's with the 60 plus Oyster card or the freedom pass. Susan is 69. When you're that age and if you live in London, essentially all your travel is free. She's entitled to this. She's not doing anything wrong by travelling for free. But it means that when she touches her freedom pass on the card reader, then she really doesn't need to pay any attention to how much it costs. She says she doesn't use buses, she simply uses the tube. And only last night she was tweeting about a miserable journey back home to Harrow to Pinner when it seems that the Metropolitan Line was sort of up the up in smoke again and uh, the trains weren't stopping in the right places. Let's go to the ads. After the break, Ross Lydell's predictions for the London mayoral candidates' manifestos. 
both Sadiq and Susan have campaign websites which have sort of five key pledges. So we know roughly what they will be campaigning on. Susan, for example, will be saying that she wants to make London safer. She'll be focusing on violence against women and girls, on making the tube safer for women, especially at night. And in particular, of course, a sort of keystone policy is getting rid of the ULES expansion. She would keep the ULES in central and inner London, but the expansion that happened last August to the Greater London boundary, she would scrap on day one, should she be elected. Uh, Sadiq wants to keep going with what he calls a sort of green vision. He uh, wants to sort of keep going with sort of prosperity and uh, he believes he's the man to essentially get the best deal out of a potentially incoming Labour government. However, Sadiq's plans uh, could do with a bit more fleshing out than Susan's. Uh, Sadiq's people say that Susan has put forward these plans and not really costed them out. In terms of the other candidates, you know, the Greens and the Lib Dems are starting to make policy pledges. The Lib Dem candidate, Rob Blackie, is very keen to focus on the Metropolitan Police, which she believes has been misrun by Sadiq Khan. But the reality probably for many uh, Green and Lib Dem voters will be whether they're loyal to their party and the sort of wider values held by the Green Party and the Lib Dems rather than necessarily being swayed by individual policies. And finally, what are the important dates in the calendar that the mayoral candidates will be aiming for ahead of the 2nd of May? Well, probably one of the key dates will be March the 19th, which is essentially the formal launch of the whole election process. Uh, the election is run by the Greater London Returning Officer, Mary Harpley. She is the Chief Executive of the Greater London Authority. So she'll be overseeing it. She's an independent civil servant. And not only, of course, will there be a mayoral election on May the 2nd, there will also be elections for the London Assembly, which is a 25-member sort of, it tends to be a cross-party body that scrutinises the mayor, tries to sort of keep him or her in check, because obviously if Susan wins, she would be the first woman London mayor. And on March the 19th, when this pre-election period starts, you know, in old money, it used to be known as PARDA, it's now known as a pre-election period. Essentially what that does is prevent organisations such as the GLA, City Hall, Transport for London, any of the mayors, other sort of wider bodies and also the 33 borough councils from making any announcements that could influence how Londoners vote on May the 2nd. So things will go very quiet from people not in the election while those actually standing for election will probably start to shout that bit louder. Another key date for Londoners is that they have until April the 16th to register to vote should they want to take part and if they're not already on the electoral register. One of the other things to bear in mind here is that there will be a new system of voter ID required. If you want to vote in person at the polling station, then you'll have to show identification before you actually get your ballot papers. That could be driving licence or passport. But there are concerns that a number of people could be disenfranchised because they might not have any documents which prove their identity. So that could be an issue. And Sadiq is particularly worried that people more likely to vote Labour may be the ones who find themselves essentially encountering this sort of red tape bureaucracy at the polling station and therefore are turned away, unable to vote. This is an issue that the Electoral Commission has also raised as well. In terms of uh, the result itself, which is probably what many people want to know about in terms of the dates, what will happen is that the election will be on a Thursday. On the Friday, the civil servants who will be looking after the election will start to verify all these votes. You know, it's likely there'll be probably about 
two or three million votes cast on the day. Uh, last time round, Sadiq Khan got about 1.2 million votes in total, both first and second preferences. So it shows the, the scale of the event. There was around a 40% turnout. So many Londoners take part, although not necessarily a majority of Londoners. Once they have verified the votes on the Friday, they will then start counting probably on the Saturday morning. And the aim will be to declare the new mayor on Saturday evening at City Hall. However, they're going to count these ballot papers manually for the first time. Previously, they would essentially sort of file them into a giant sort of computerised machine and this machine would count them. That did lead to some problems, especially last time round when the ballot paper was so long because there were 20 candidates. So this time they're going to try something different. They're going to go to the old-fashioned system of counting them by hand. However, that could well mean that we'd have to wait until Sunday until we find out who the new mayor is going to be. Whether the new mayor, of course, is uh, Sadiq Khan, Mark III, or Susan Hall, or another. Uh, we have to wait. The other thing to bear in mind is that in the probably unlikely event that Rishi Sunak decides to have a general election on the same day, which is still feasible, although probably unlikely, then counting the general election ballot papers would come first. So then we probably wouldn't get the mayor announced until Sunday or possibly even Monday. You can find out the latest on the London mayoral elections in the Standard newspaper or on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from this episode. This podcast will be back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.